Hello, this is Troy Francis, welcoming you to episode 48 of the Modern Casanova podcast. And this week we are talking about how to master anything. Yes, how to master anything. So, 48 episodes, we are coming up now to the big 5 0 very, very closely, which is very exciting. Uh, I've really enjoyed doing this podcast, and we're going to be seeing some upgrades in coming week. So I'm looking at rebranding the show. I'll probably wait till 50 episodes until I do that, actually, because there'll be a kind of nice symmetry about that. But I'm going to look at rebranding the show, probably coming up with a new title, coming up with a new image, and so on. And I'm also very likely to be and I'm sure you'll be glad to hear this, updating my audio equipment as well. I will very likely, because I need it for another project, be getting a fancy new microphone very soon. One of the Blue Yetis that a lot of the professional podcasters and audio guys use for different things. I'll very likely be getting one of those in the next week or so. So that will hopefully make a discernible difference to the sound quality on this show. And hopefully as well, it will allow allow me to start interviewing people over Skype, which I haven't done yet, because when I tried it a little while ago, well, it's over a year or so ago now, I tried it with somebody and it was re- it went really, really badly. And one of the reasons for that, apparently, was because I wasn't using a very good microphone and so the feedback was very bad. So if I can remedy that by getting this new mic, then this podcast will sound amazing. It will be amazing because I'll be giving you the hottest new content about entrepreneurship, about living the renegade life, about dating, and so on and so forth. Are really all being underpinned by freedom, of course, which is really the the main theme of all of my work, really. So yeah, it'll be great. It will be great content, great sound quality, new brand, new image, and everything else. But let's get to 50 episodes of the Modern Casanova podcast first before we get into any of that new sexy shenanigans. So as I say, this week, I want to talk about how to master anything. Before that, any news from this week? Uh, Well, I'm still working on the new course, which will be around the topic of personal brand. So I did a little bit of a... uh, survey with the people on my email subscriptions list last week and I asked I gave some options but I said what kind of thing would you like to see from me I know the kind of thing that I want to do in this course that I'm building but what would you like to see and generally speaking a lot of guys a lot of people on that list are very interested in this idea of personal branding because look you know it's very attractive we all well not all of us but many of us want to get out of the corporate world. We don't want to be in those boring cubicle jobs any longer. We want to do something more meaningful, more exciting, that gives us more freedom. And many of us have woken up to the trend of making money online or working online, at least, and the ability that that gives us to travel and to be based elsewhere in the world. So I'm going to be building a course around that, but specifically focusing on personal brand, because that is my speciality if you like that's what I've done I have you know for the last four or five years been working on my personal brand through writing articles through having my blog through making this podcast through being active on Twitter and other social mediums so I will be talking about 
getting really getting into the weeds really if you like about how to build your own personal brand you know from right from the beginning up until you get to the point where you can leave your job so it's going to offer a real transformation i'm working on that at the moment it's very exciting top secret stuff as well in my little london attic room i'm uh, putting it all together so i'll be giving you more information on that as we go forward um anything else happened this week not really no it's been a week of turbulent weather in london from hot sunshine to thunderstorms and it's been a week basically of me cracking on with the work and trying to get this thing up to the best possible standard for you guys so more news on that very soon anyway how to master anything so first off i would say if you haven't already uh, you should definitely pick up a copy of Mastery by Robert Greene and read that. Now, all uh, being completely transparent, it's a few years since I read it, but it is a great book. It's a really interesting and useful guide to how to, well, as the title suggests, uh, acquire mastery of pretty much any topic. And as is typical for Robert Greene, if you've read The 48 Laws of Power or Seduction or any of his other books, you'll know his style. It really relies very heavily on loads and loads of historical examples and sort of cultural examples of things to bring to life the principles that he is talking about. So definitely get hold of a copy of Mastery. I highly recommend it. Uh, But this is more on a practical, very basic level. And the reason I wanted to talk about this this week is because, as usual, I had a look at my Twitter analytics for the last seven days and... This was one of the most popular tweets that I put out in the week. So the tweet said, how to master anything. Uh, And then there were four bullet points. The first was, learn to separate bullshit information from the good stuff. The second was, find a person, stroke people who are really good at the thing you want to do. The third point was, follow exactly what they do. And the fourth point was, repeat relentlessly and fearlessly until you win. So that was my little four-point summary of how to acquire mastery. So let's go through each of those things in turn and just have a little think about what they mean and how to apply them. So first off, learn to separate bullshit information from the good stuff. Now, this is something that comes up a lot in terms of Particularly, in, particularly online, I guess something that I—I I mean, any medium can include bullshit. Let's not let's be real about this. I mean, newspapers, books, uh, podcasts, obviously excluding this one, radio. I mean, any medium can 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 potentially include bullshit. But I think what we have seen, as we all know, with the internet, is it's been a golden age for bullshit, and that obviously has infected not only. Uh, you know, the sort of get get rich quick schemes, the sort of how to get laid space, you know, the kind of advice uh, s- schools that we have online in the over the last decade or so, but also our politics as well. And, you know, I won't go into that, but we all know examples of, you know, fake news and everything else. So the ability to disseminate fake information or bullshit 
has increased exponentially over the last decade with the rise of the internet and also the rise of of course the social media networks and you know we see the results of that now with with what's happening with facebook and um you know various other uh providers of social networking systems so you know there's a lot of bullshit out there basically so how do you know who's genuine and who's not now interestingly or for me this is interesting as a content creator myself now this is something that i have to deal with because you know, you're putting yourself out there. You're saying, I'm Troy Francis. I have expertise in dating. I have, I now have expertise in building a personal brand. I have expertise in building a personal, you know, a personal brand business. I have expertise in living a nomadic lifestyle um, and various other things. So I'm putting myself out there and, you know, if you follow me on Twitter, which you, you absolutely should, it's at Troy7Laws, then, you know, you'll see that I'm there every day and I'm posting multiple times a day. And I'm effectively putting myself out there as a an authority figure, if you like. Now, you know, somebody sitting in there looking at their computer in Michigan or, or you know, uh, Hawaii or Moscow could be sitting there thinking, well, why the hell should I take any notice of this guy what does he know what does he know about anything why why am i um you know why am i listening to him and that's absolutely fair it's absolutely fair now i think the same thing myself you know i follow people on twitter i i follow people on other social networks uh you know i read blogs or watch videos or whatever and you know you've always got to be skeptical to a degree you've got to look at it and think well hang on a minute this guy or this this girl is putting forward this information. They're p- positioning themselves as an expert, but are they really an expert? Do they really know what they're talking about? What value does this information actually have? And sometimes it can be difficult. You know, sometimes it can be very difficult to to determine that because how do you know? And one of the problems that you have as a content provider is getting people to believe that you're any good at what you're saying that you're good at. So, for example, when I was writing more about dating and so on, people would say, well, hang on a minute, we want to see some proof. How do we know you know what you're talking about? And one of the reasons I suppose that I pulled away from that particular genre a little bit is because I'm not, you know, I'm not particularly bothered about doing videos, showing approaches and all that kind of thing. I just, it's not really something that I particularly want to do. And I accept, you know, people want to see that stuff, although there are dating experts who have built whole careers and have never made a video, never made an infill video. And, you know, uh, but I accept that people, generally speaking, want to see those things, and it's not really what I want to do to make those kinds of videos and to put them out. So, you know, inevitably you start to move away a little bit and you start to talk about other things instead. But here's the thing, right? One of the problems that you get is even if I did make those videos, and even when I have put things out that have shown me, uh, you know, interacting with girls or doing different things, people still don't believe it. They'll say, oh, well, that video must have been faked or she's just a friend of yours or she's a paid actress is, of course, the other classic. Or if she's blurred out, she wasn't that attractive anyway. Bloody, 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 blah. So even when you put out what you regard as tangible proof, 
there is now this difficulty that people won't believe it anyway. So it does, in the end, rather beg the question, well, what's the point of me as the content creator putting out anything to substantiate what I'm saying when the, <laughs> the people that I'm trying to convince basically aren't going to believe me anyway? And this is reflected, as I've said, in the wider political culture, because now we live in an age where the facts, if there ever was really such a thing as the facts, are so open to dispute that they are almost meaningless. There is no... You can go to somebody with an economic report and say, well, this is, this is what this highly respected economic body has said about the consequences of that political action. And people will look at it and say, yeah, well, they probably made it up. And that's it. So whereas I suppose maybe in some golden age in the past, there would have been a, a little bit of reverence for bodies that were able to interrogate facts, were able to make forecasts, were able to provide analysis. These days, there's none. Uh, and anything that you don't want to believe in is simply disbelieved. So it makes it very difficult for the content creator. But going back to you as the person who's looking at these different sources and trying to determine whether they are you know, valuable or not, or whether they're, the people are genuine or not, how do you do that? And I think really, and, and this isn't going to be a very satisfying answer, but I think it, it comes down really to your cognitive abilities, I'm afraid. I think it comes down to your bullshit detector. And the only way to really strengthen your bullshit detector is to be somebody who is firstly very analytical, but secondly quite sceptical. Scepticism definitely helps. And also somebody who's well-read. I mean, you know, and, and this is one of my central points. So when I was writing loads of articles about dating, I would write these very detailed articles. And I'd also write a lot about failure stories and things that went wrong and blah-de-blah. Blah. Um, but in my view, because the articles I, w I was writing were so factual, were so genuine, it seemed to me that anybody who had been in the game, in inverted commas, for more than five minutes would recognise the reality of those reports because they would see that I was reflecting it back exactly as it was, you know, going out, talking to different girls, going on dates, etc, etc. And you know, what actually happened was that there were a couple of different reactions. A lot of guys who were in the game or who were doing a similar thing to me would read that material and they would recognise it. And they'd say, yes, this guy's for real. Because the way that he's describing it, you wouldn't be able to describe it in that way unless you had genuine experience. And there's a few guys that I, you know, are very well respected who have said that to me, that they know just from reading my stuff that I was the real deal. However, there were plenty of other guys or people out there who wouldn't always believe what I wrote. And they would say it was made up or it was exaggerated or, you know, I was fantasizing or something like that. And they either were just skeptical because they just wanted to be skeptical or they weren't able to determine the validity of what I was saying. They, they just weren't able to see that what I was saying was coming from a genuine place. And I, you know, I don't blame them for that. I mean, maybe this is, 
ultimately I'm the creator. Maybe I didn't make it clear enough. Maybe I should have provided more evidence or, or whatever. But um, I don't know, though, because, I mean, for me, I think I've got a pretty shrewd antenna for bullshit. So, you know, and I think also as well, I've got pretty good taste in terms of the kinds of people that I relate to or not, or the kinds of people that I follow or not. And I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to bullshit. And this is not me being egotistical, but I think in large part, that's because I've read so much. I've read so much and I don't mean Twitter or, or blogs. I mean, I've read so much in terms of books and, um, well, books principally, but also newspapers and so on. You know, I've read a hell of a lot. And I think the more you read, the more able you are to see what's good and what's not in terms of other people's writing. And there's really no way around this. There's no sort of easy shortcut to this. Um, and I'm talking particularly, obviously, about written content here. When we get into when we get into video, particularly, there are other indicators as well, because you can look at body language and everything else. And, you know, I think we're, we're probably all on a much more even playing field with uh, body language, because, you know, it's, it's such a primary thing. And we, we could generally, a lot of us can generally tell if somebody's lying or if they're not being, in, in, you know, they're being evasive. But with written material, and of course, Twitter is a written medium, uh, blogs are written, Facebook posts are written, you know, so we're, we're reading a lot more than perhaps we did before the onset of social media when probably reading dipped a little bit. You know, you've got to be able to, you've got to have that skill, you've got to have that ability to know if what you're reading is valid or not. And I think you get that from reading a hell of a lot of other texts, of books, of fiction, of non-fiction, of all kinds of different books in all kinds of different genres of newspapers, serious quality newspapers, magazines, uh, articles, you know, and that's not to mention any academic reading that you may have done previously. You know, all of this adds up and it gives you that kind of analytical ability to detect bullshit and to sort of, to, to see when somebody is falling back on cliched, hackneyed phrases in order to try to substantiate a point that is not really valid you know you can see that but it takes experience and it takes that experience as well of having read a lot so what i would say is be skeptical when you're looking at any online sources be skeptical ask questions but also read a lot to get your to build the muscle of, of comprehension but also you should trust your gut as well. So if you instinctively feel, you know, a little bit iffy about something, then maybe it's not all as genuine as the person would like you to believe. So the second point then is to find a person or people who are really good at the thing that you want to do. Now, I suppose that's pretty straightforward, really. I mean, you need to firstly determine what you want to do. And then seek out the people that are the best in the world at doing it. Now, that can also take a bit of time. And it can happen by osmosis. So, for example, I follow a lot of people in the uh, business self-help sphere, I suppose you might say. And it's taken me a while to 
find the good people that I now follow. So some of the people that I really like are, okay, let's say Tim Ferriss. We can say James Altucher. We can say, uh, who else have we got? Uh, Jeff Goins. So I really like Jeff Goins' uh, podcast and his writing. He's really, really good. Uh, He has a podcast called The Portfolio Life. I listen to Joanna Penn every week. She has a podcast about writing and self-publishing. I listen to Chris Ducker, who's a Rise of the Youpreneur podcast, is really good as well, talking about personal brand. Um, And there are a few other people sort of around that same kind of niche. I mean, Pat Flynn is the other one as well, very well known. I've just got into Entrepreneur on Fire, so John Lee Dumas. I've I've just realised that his stuff is actually really awesome, so I've started listening to him regularly. And, you know, what happens is that slowly, by this process of osmosis, you you start to find the people who are good in your niche. So, I started off the first person I, I listened to on a from a podcast perspective on this was Pat Flynn, I think. Um, it took me ages to find Altitude, and it took me a long time to find Gary V, and it took me an even longer time then to start listening to Chris Ducker, uh, Joanna Penn, you know, all of these people. And as it turns out, a lot of them all know each other and they've appeared on each other's podcasts and things. So, you, through that, you start to. Uh, you, you know, I was exposed to more and more of these people, but it didn't happen overnight. And you know, I'm sure there are. I mean, and, and equally, there are also more mediocre sources talking about this stuff out there as well. But I, I know to disregard those those people because I've got that instinct in terms of is what they're saying bullshit or not. And also, you can't beat the power of word of mouth. So if I'm listening to a show with Pat Flynn and then he brings on a guest and the guest is really good and Pat recommends him or her, then obviously I'm going to know that that person is uh, is genuine, what they have to say is valid, and then I'm going to be more likely to follow on that person afterwards. So basically the thing to do is to find someone you like or find a couple of people you like who talk about your particular subject, consume as much of their content as you can, and then find out who their influences are. Find out the people that they follow or the people that they would recommend and then go and follow those people as well. And then by this process of osmosis, you'll start to get influence from a whole range of different of different people. So you find those people and then the next point is follow exactly what they do. Now this is the old advice about men- about getting a mentor because a mentor doesn't necessarily need to be somebody who is going to sit down next to you or somebody you do a weekly call with or somebody you're on Skype with or somebody that you meet up with and go to a retreat with or you know a mastermind group or something. I mean, a mentor can be all of those things, but equally, you can do mentoring by proxy just by listening to someone's podcast or just by reading somebody's books or somebody's blog. So what I'm saying is that you need to treat these people that you found as mentors. And more importantly than that, you need to model what they do. So if you follow Tom Torero, for example, with his his day game work, and he says, right, I will approach 50 girls in a week, then, and he says, I'll, I'll go out every day uh, during the week, and I'll do two hours, and I'll do 10 approaches within two hours. 
then you want to do the same thing because he is the expert and you're following him and you're trying to model his behavior so therefore you have to do what he does and that is very very simple but it's not easy because i see so many people who come into these different skill sets you know these different these different genres of self-improvement and they're very keen and they're very excited and they you know they want to get on with it but they don't really want to put the action in and of course as we all know it's only by putting the action in that you are going to to get what you want you're going to you're going to turn the dial so what's very important as i say is you've got to look at those people find out what they do but then follow it exactly so any tips that they give and the the thing here right is not to get too bogged down with lots and lots and lots of different people you want to keep it simple you want to choose one or two of your favorites and you want to say right i'm going to do what those people do and i wouldn't say ignore the rest but keep it simple just don't flood your mind with too many different you know too many different approaches at one time do what your favorite person does and work on that until you get results and that really is the the final point the fourth point where i said repeat relentlessly and fearlessly until you win so there's two pretty strong words there and i put them in capitals just to show how strong those words are so relentlessly and fearlessly and you know this is kind of tying in with something i've been writing about a lot recently which is almost how do you adopt an addict's sense of obsession when you're not actually an addict and that if I could bottle it and I could give it to people I would be a multi-billionaire because it's so valuable and I think as I've said in various articles and, and tweets and things recently I think one of the reasons that I have taken to this entrepreneurial path and one of the reasons that I've been successful and will continue to be successful in it is because I'm very very driven and I'm very obsessive and I think that that well I I know that that is as a direct result of the fact that I have a addictive personality so you know and it's it's not a it's not a joking matter I mean you know I've lost relationships because of you know, what you could call my workaholism. I have uh, arguably not maintained friendships as well as I could. I've had various different negative consequences as a result of the fact that really all I want to do most of the time is just sit and work and get on with, you know, building my business and doing my writing. But nevertheless, the outcome of that is a successful outcome. So you've got to weigh up, well, how badly do I want this thing that I want to do? How badly do I want to become a self-made entrepreneur? How badly do I want to become a writer? How badly do I want to have an award-winning podcast or whatever it is? So you make that choice for yourself and then you have to be relentless and fearless. Now, relentlessness is where the addiction comes in because the addict is relentless you know the addict will stop at nothing and ed latimore on twitter writes about this very well he talks about crack cocaine addiction and how the crack cocaine addict will work harder than you know most people probably reading his twitter feed because most people just don't have that rocket fueled uh, implacable desire for the thing that they are shooting for whereas of course the crack cocaine addict does so he will outwork all of them um so you gotta you gotta somehow find a way 
to entertain that yourself. You've got to find a way to internalize that same level of relentlessness, that same level of obsession, so that you can work towards your goal, you know, without ceasing, without rest, almost. And then fearlessly, I said, you have to do it fearlessly until you win. What does fearlessly mean? Well, fear obviously affects us in many different ways. And if we're talking about building a personal brand or we're talking about building our own business in particular, then fear certainly can come about in terms of self-doubt, in terms of not knowing where this is going to go, in terms of not knowing if you're going to make any money, and also as well in terms of having haters. If you're making yourself public online, you are likely to get people who don't really like what you've created and they're going to call you out for it. And any of those things individually or together could cause you to think well actually sod it I'm not going to do this thing anymore I'm going to I'm going to I want to hide under the parapet again because I'm not prepared for this discomfort that I'm feeling because I'm getting these haters or because I'm afraid that I'm not going to make any money or because of bloody bloody blah and the mark of the person who ultimately becomes successful who becomes a master is that they will continue fearlessly anyway they'll just keep doing the things that they need to do anyway until they win through so that's it from me in terms of the four pillars of mastering anything i hope you found that helpful i hope you agree i'm sure there are other points that you could bring in so please do give me a shout and let me know if there are other elements to mastery that you would like to bring to my attention. And if, uh, if we get a few in that are good, then I can feature them in a subsequent podcast episode. So uh, let me know your thoughts on the episode. I hope that's been helpful. And please do, if you haven't already, sign up for my daily email. So my daily email goes out every day at about 11 o'clock uh, UK time. So, and you get an update from me, which is usually a technique or a tool that you can use in terms of building your personal brand or in terms of dating or in terms of your freedom generally. Uh, It's wildly successful. I'm getting loads and loads of signups every day. And yeah, it gives rocket fuel to the people on that list. And I'm getting loads and loads of great feedback. And it's a real community that we're starting to build over there. So do get on that. I will leave the link in the show notes below. Have a great weekend. And we will speak again next week. Bye-bye.